continue with the music for a few minutes. It seems that uh, Facebook has changed their interface and uh, we want to see if we can go live on Facebook. So give us a couple minutes here and we'll try to uh, get up and running. Thank you. Krishna Kirtana Banana Tanapano Premam Tambani Dhee 
Glorious devotees, thank you for returning to another presentation on Srila Jiva Goswami's Satsandarbhas. Today we'll begin um, a discussion of the Bhagavat Sandarbha, uh, which continues with the ontology or the knowable. Uh, that is that which is knowable <laughs> um, based on our Gaudiya perspective. Uh, and as we know, our Gaudiya perspective is based upon the primary evidence of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Now, this second Sandarbha, the Bhagavat Sandarbha, is about uh, Bhagavan. So, not to be con confused with the term 
Bhagavat Sandarbha with the A on the end, which represents the entirety of the Sandarbhas, which is a treatise on the Srimad Bhagavatam. So this sub-Sandarbha, Bhagavat Sandarbha, is dealing with one aspect of the Vedanta verse, uh, which we will begin with uh, uh, by way of introduction. And then we will go through a, a short introduction to the uh, Bhagavat Sandarbha itself, what's going to be presented there, and uh, proceed to looking to a few of the a few of the anuchedas or sections and uh, the subjects of those. Uh, in trying to prepare for an overview of the Bhagavat Sandarbha, um, I have to say it was quite a daunting task because the, the literature itself presents such a... Um, such a mine of transcendental information and just one anucheta or gemstone or a vein, vein of gemstones after another, uh, bringing out all these philosophical truths, the various tattvas, which um, the Srimad Bhagavatam has to offer us. So it makes it quite difficult for someone like myself to go through and say, well, this is the most significant and that is the most significant. Um, all this in, an, in, in preparation to trying to get to um, trying to get to the Krishna Sandarbha which is the, the focus of these, this series of lectures. So to get there, I want to give an overview of what's presented in the Bhagavat Sandarbha and then what's presented in the Paramatma Sandarbha, which uh, constitute, as I said, uh, a continuation of the Pramaya, what is knowable from the Gaudiya perspective, and again, based primarily those first three sandarbhas, tattva, uh, Bhagavat, and Paramatma sandarbha, based on the Vedanta, Vedanti verse of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So let us go through a couple. So we'll go back to the tattva sandarbha to the Mangala Charna, wherein the uh, purpose and the seed concept of the Sandarbhas is presented in the eighth Anucheda. In one feature, Sri Krishna exists as pure consciousness without any manifest characteristics, and is referred to as Brahman in some portions of the Vedas. In another feature, he expands as the Purusha, who regulates the extrinsic potency, Maya, by his many plenary portions, and yet another of his principal forms, he is Narayan, resplendent in the spiritual sky by Kuntha. May that Sri Krishna, the original, complete, absolute truth, Swayam Bhagavan, bestow love for himself on those who worship his lotus feet in this world. Now, this Mangalacharna verse, which is the seed conception of the entirety of the Sandarbhas, um, very much corresponds to uh, two verses. And today in the Bhagavat Sandarbha, we continue to uh, the first of those two verses um, from the first canto of the Bhagavatam, Vedanti Tat Tat Bhavidas Tat Yanamadvayam. Brahmaiti, Paramatmaiti, Bhagavaniti, Sabdhyate. Learn transcendentalists who know the absolute truth. Call this non-dual substance Brahman, Paramatma, or Bhagavan. So we will go now into um, an overview of the Bhagavat Sandarbha, a general 
overview of what's going to be presented there. And then, as I said, we'll go to some select sections or anuchetas and bring out a, a couple highlights. I would expect that our discussion on the Bhagavat Sundarbha will be uh, in two or three um, of these Zoom presentations um, because there is some, some important points here uh, of philosophy that uh, I feel are uh, significant enough to spend uh, time on the way Jiva has unpacked them in his Sandarbas. So these Sandarbas, as I said, form the foundation upon which our conceptual orientation um, should be grounded. So an introduction to the Bhagavat Sandarbha. True altruism, lies not in merely taking care of the external persona of a living being. It lies in alleviating the ignorance that it is the root of everyone's disability in finding happiness. Ignorance of one's true identity in relation to Bhagavat. To enlighten the ignorant and conditioned self is its true to its to true identity solves the eternal problem of happiness at its very root. The great seers of India illustrated this transcendental altruism by striving tirelessly to enlighten the masses. Among such luminaries, Srila Jiva Goswami is a brilliant moon who performed unparalleled welfare to humanity by presenting the essence of Vedic literature in the form of the Satsandarbhas. Without the detailed guidance of a work like the Satsandarbhas, excuse me one second. Sorry about that, and I apologize. I'm getting messages here. I just wanted to make sure that our uh, presentation is going out in a way that it's uh, viewable. So I will continue. Without the detailed guidance of a work like the Sundarbhas, a seeker of knowledge can easily get lost in the dense forest of Vedic literature, not knowing where to begin and how to pursue his spiritual life. Again, it's, it's worth uh, reminding ourselves that the Gaudiya perspective uh, on transcendence is very firmly rooted uh, in the Vedic knowledge. And we've already covered to, to a large extent the significance of that uh, foundation uh, being the Srimad Bhagavatam. The Srimad Bhagavatam is a is based upon samadhi. It's a samadhi bhashya. It's it's based on revelation, the revelation of the author and the revelation of the speaker. Uh, were both significant are both so significant that it, it places uh, this particular piranha um, in, a, in a central position from which all transcendental knowledge can be seen in its full glory. In other words, Srimad Bhagavatam illuminates all the Vedic literature. It illuminates all the Puranas. It illuminates all that has been provided for by Krishna Dwapayana Vyas uh, for the benefit of human society. So th this, is, this is quite uh, 
quite significant that uh, such such profound knowledge has been so freely distributed by the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And that's truly the, the central focus of, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, dispensation. What's being spoken of here in this introduction, that what is the best, what is the best that can be done for humanity at large? And that is giving them the possibility of eternal happiness, um, which is, uh, well, which is eternal, which is enduring, which is not going to come to an end, uh, like all the, the happiness that we experience uh, within the material realm. So Jiva's contribution is significant in this regard. And it's significant because that son of the Bhagavat Purana, the Srimad Bhagavatam, is being properly mined, if we can continue with that analogy, by Jiva Goswami, so that all of the subtleties of the dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu can be fully understood. This perspective on transcendence, which allows entrance into the most intimate attainment in spiritual practice, that of praying bhakti or unalloyed loving devotion for the Supreme, which is the, which far exceeds even the concepts of liberation as presented in the Vedas themselves. Beginning with the Bhagavat Sandarva, the introduction continues, Jiva Goswami elaborates on the topic of ontology, Sambandha Gyan. He begins this volume by establishing reality as the non-dual absolute substantive, existing most completely as Bhagavan, the transcendent supreme person. So here we have non-dual absolute substantive. So Vedanti tat tat vavidas tat vamyas yanam advayam, yanam advayam, that, that non-dual absolute. It can be seen differently, but now Jiva Goswami is going to allow us beginning with this Bhagavat Sandarbha, to understand that absolute reality from the highest perspective as illuminated by the Bhagavat Purana. The central theme of Jiva Goswami's discussion in Bhagavat Sandarbha is based upon the second line of the famous verse from the Bhagavat Purana, Knowers of the Absolute describe it as non-dual consciousness, naming it as Brahman, as Paramatma, and as Bhagavan. The specific sequence of nouns used in this verse, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan, indicates the increasing importance and completeness of each succeeding manifestation. When one realizes the absolute truth without perceiving any distinction between its energies and the absolute itself as energetic source, it is called Brahman. When through deeper intuitive insight, one apprehends a distinction between the energies and the energetic source, but perceives this distinction only in relation to phenomenal energies, the world and the living entities within it, the reality thus realized is called Paramatma. When one's discernment of the distinction between the energetic source, between energy and energetic source moves still deeper to include the internal transcendental energies of reality, one begins to perceive reality as Bhagavan. 
just an elaboration of what's what's there in our verse. Vedanti tat tat bhavidas. So these these different perceptions of the same non-dual absolute, different degrees of appreciation. And here an example is given um, in the introduction to, to bring this more to light uh, for our benefit. For example, the phrase blue lotus has three components. Lotus, the noun itself, a substance unqualified by any adjective, blue, the adjective qualifying the noun, and three, the complete phrase blue lotus a qualified substance. There is no real difference between lotus and blue lotus, except that the former does not convey any specific features, whereas the latter clearly states its color. The distinction between Brahman and Bhagavan is similar. Shujiva explains that when the absolute is perceived as unqualified as Brahman, it amounts to bare awareness of the substantive prior to the specification of its intrinsic nature. At this stage, it is known as visesya, or that which is yet to be defined. The energies that adhere in the absolute are its qualifiers, visesana. When the same absolute is perceived as inclusive of its intrinsic power, i.e. as Bhagavan, it amounts to complete awareness of the substantive as a qualified entity, the sista. I think it's pretty clear what's, what's being presented here, that um, the way of perceiving any object uh, can start in a very unqualified way, as the example used, a lotus, and then we can have a blue lotus, a red lotus, a white lotus. We're fully, we're, we're further qualifying the subject. Uh, so all of the Lord's various energies when seen in relationship with him, uh, add the nuances of what is a complete understanding uh, of his position. If one realizes Bhagavan, one will naturally understand Brahman, just as one who beholds a blue lotus automatically sees a lotus. This is why Sri Jiva did not dedicate a separate Sandarbha to Brahman. Whatever is essential to know about Brahman is contained in Bhagavat Sandarbha. Hopefully in today's discussion, we will get to one Anucheta where this is, where uh, in one Anucheta, uh, Jiva Goswami brings out the nature of Brahman and basically tells us that this one Anucheta uh, maybe a maybe a total of three anuchetas, but this very small section of the Bhagavat Sandarbha can be looked at. It is the Brahman Sandarbha. I've given you everything here that needs to be said about Brahman in this one small section of the Bhagavat Sandarbha. So if we understand Bhagavan, we automatically understand Brahman. We automatically understand Paramatma. Although there is no absolute difference between the three aspects of the one absolute reality, Jiva's evaluation is that Bhagavan is the most complete manifestation, Purna Avirbhav, replete with unparalleled, unparalleled variegated potencies. In comparison to Bhagavan, Brahman and Paramatma are incomplete manifestations of the one absolute reality. The realization of Bhagavan naturally includes that of Brahman, but not vice versa. The Bhagavat Santarva proceeds to a further elaboration on the nature of Bhagavan, revealing the transcendental character of his form, name, abode, 
devotees' activities and his superiority over Brahman. Really, what we have here in this beginning section of four books of the Satsandarvas, the Tattva, Bhagavat, Paramatma, and Krishna Sandarbha is a full elaboration on the nature of the supreme absolute truth. So the Bhagavat Sandarbha is giving us a general presentation of, of Bhagavan and his characteristics, his intrinsic nature, his devotees, his abodes, in a general way, then how the Lord interfaces with his external potency through the Paramatma feature, and then the specificity of Krishna Stu Bhagavan Swayam will be completely unpacked in the Krishna Sandarbha. Chinta Beta Beta Vod, the school of transrational, above material rational capacity to fully apprehend or understand um, spontaneous one and distinction, oneness and distinction. Srila Jiva Goswami stresses that Bhagavan's energies have two important features that of transrational, achincha. Achintyatva and intrinsic to him, Swabhavi Katva. Since they are transrational, the energies of reality are ultimately inscrutable and not fully within the grasp of human thought and reason. Transrational also indicates that these energies can accomplish logically impossible feats. We'll go over this a little bit um, in the Bhagavat Sandarbha overview. Another import of transrational is that the relationship between these energies and their energetic source is not entirely within the grasp of logic. These energies are not distinct from the energetic, but also not entirely identical to him. It is by virtue of this understanding that the philosophy of Sri Chaitanya has become known as a chincha beta beta tattva or a vad. The sarup shakti. The internal energy of Bhagavan also has three aspects existence, sandini, awareness, samvit, and bliss, ladini. The Sandini potency is the intrinsic power of existence of the self-existent Bhagavan, and it upholds the existence of the individual Atmas and nature. The Samvit potency is the power of knowledge of Bhagavan by which he is all-knowing and which enables all others to know. The Ladini potency is the power of bliss, which bestows bliss both to Bhagavan, who is inherently full of bliss, and to others, these three aspects of the internal potency are the very nature of Bhagavan and thus exist eternally in him. The Samvit potency includes and supersedes the Sandini potency, and the Hladini potency includes and supersedes the other two. These threefold internal energy, I'm sorry, this threefold internal energy of Bhagavan constitutes his very nature and that of his abode and associates. So it's an, this is an interesting concept to understand that of all the, all the internal satchitananda, the internal potencies of the Lord, um, that the, the ananda portion or potency, the Sladini, uh, supersedes the other two, that of knowledge and that of existence itself. 
Uh, love conquers all. What can we say? Coming to an end here of the introduction. Jiva Goswami establishes that the form of Bhagavan is not material like that of human beings. It is spiritual and consists of existence, consciousness, and bliss, Satchitananda Rupatma. Such a form cannot be cognized by ordinary material senses, and yet it is self-revealed by the trans-rational potency of Bhagavan. So we just we just discussed the fact that it's it's beyond our comprehension. It's beyond our our, our material ability to to fully understand uh, the nature of this this transcendent entity and his various potencies. So it can't we can't get there with material senses, and yet it can reveal itself to us. So yet it is self-revealed by the transrational potency. So the Shrurup Shakti, the internal potency of Bhagavan himself, can reveal itself to us through in so many ways, uh, even despite. Uh, our entanglement within the, the external material uh, potency. Unlike mortal beings, the form of Bhagavan is not different from his essential nature. Although the form of Bhagavan is one, it can manifest in unlimited places in infinite aspects simultaneously in direct correspondence to the mood of his devotees. The realization of Bhagavan together with the various unique characteristics constituting him as the essence of ultimate reality is said to be perfect and complete. Such complete and perfect realization of Bhagavan is possible only through bhakti. So bhakti is, is that potency which is allow, allows the self revelation of the nature of the supreme and as we know bhakti is completely independent and bhakti is also making herself available to us through the agency of the sadhus to realize the full, full benefit of bhakti one must have a clear conceptual understanding of bhagavan without any lingering doubts. Thus we have the Sandarbhas. Thus we have the further elaborations. We have the glorious commentaries on the Srimad Bhagavatam by the sadhus. We have the elaborations on the Srimad Bhagavatam. Again, the sun upon which all this transcendental knowledge revolves uh, uh, coming out. Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, the, the core uh, seminal texts uh, within our tradition, and all the additional texts that are coming out to further explain this transcendental knowledge according to our time, our place, our circumstance, um, so that we can apprehend what the Bhagavat Purana has to offer, which is a complete entrance into an understanding of these transcendental potencies of the Supreme, headed by the Lord's unlimited happiness, Ladini. Now, by way of a re, of, of looking at what's presented in the Bhagavat Purana, uh, we've pulled out a few of the anuchetas or sections. So here we are going to see pages of the complete table of contents of the book. And then I've highlighted what we're going to discuss 
different things that I've pulled out from that table of context to, to highlight the, the glory of the Bhagavat Purana. Um, this is, this is uh, it's like a trailer. Uh, and by a trailer, what, what's the purpose of a trailer, a movie trailer? Uh, a movie trailer is meant to, to interest us in the full, what's going to be presented in full uh, uh, in any theatrical production. So similarly, uh, you can look at these classes uh, on the Bhagavat and Paramatma Sandarbha also, what we already discussed from the Tattva Sandarbha, these are very, very much uh, overviews to, to unpack. It, it would be impossible for any, any one person to unpack all that Jiva's given us uh, in his Sandarbhas and understand that Jiva, what Jiva's done is he's taken out the essence of what's presented uh, according to the perspective of um, of the of the well, of the Goswamis of all the Goswamis, um, he, he's taken out what is the most significant in formulating a comprehensive conceptual orientation of Sambandha Gyan, Adeya Gyan, and Prayoja. So he's, he's highlighted, he's, he's, he's presented systematically by extracting from various places in the Bhagavatam uh, this, the various tattvas and as I said, it's like it's like an unlimited mine of transcendental gems that he's presented. So we're simply trying to give some some highlights, or as I said, like a trailer. And as you look through these table of contents, which I hope you do as we go on here, uh, you'll see there's so much to be explored here, and so many so much mining that can be that can be done because he unpacks unpacks all of these various things uh, in a very very significant way uh, as you'll see by just the little glimpses that i'm able to pre present in these classes which are an overview uh, of the bhagavat sandarbha paramatma sandarbha so we're going to start by looking at the very first Anucheta a little bit in depth. Uh, absolute reality manifests in three different ways. Again, a little unpacking of the Vedanta verse. Uh, we'll begin there. And uh, when I have presented anything, I want to remind you that these are just small sections of the section, Anucheta, the word Anucheta means section. So they're small sections of the Anucheta, which could be three, you know, could be, if I were to put it in slides, many, many, many slides just make up the one Anucheta. I've pulled out a little bit of the essence. It's fully unpacked in the, in the work itself, and uh, I encourage you, as your as your time and study uh, allows, uh, to to dive and take a deep dive into Jiva Goswami's works, the Sandarbhas. So, from the first Danucheta, the first part of Srimad Bhagavatam one two eleven describes the absolute reality in a general manner, characterized as non dual consciousness. Then the second part elaborates the absolute more specifically. This Nandu consciousness is referred to as Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. This one Nandu absolute thus manifests its own existence in one of these three aspects in exact accordance 
with the specific qualification of the worshiper. And again, we were, we're reminded that, that this one non-dual absolute manifests itself, makes itself available according to the specific qualification of the worshiper. Yeyata man prapajante is what Sri Krishna said to Arjuna. All of them, as they surrender unto me, as they conceive of me, I might make myself available to them. I, I reveal myself accordingly to their degree of surrender and their conceptions regarding who I am. Now, there'll be more on that conceptualization later here. So a little bit from the commentary. Uh, after introducing absolute reality in a general way as non-dual consciousness in Tattva Sandarbha, Sri Jiva Goswami now begins Bhagavat Sandarbha with a more specific description. The words Brahman, Brahma, Paramatma, and Bhagavan in Sutta's verse denote not only the one non-dual absolute and three degrees of completion, but also three degrees of completion in surrender. The same non-dual absolute is revealed and thus interpreted either as Brahman, Paramatma, or Bhagavan in accordance with the core disposition of surrender, shaped in no small measure by the theory and praxis adopted by the adherents of different paths. Again, uh, what can we say? Uh, we, 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 we can grasp as we enter deeper into hearing from the sadhus in our tradition, we, and to enter deep, more deeply into our own personal practice and the revelations that are received ourselves by that hearing and by that practice and by the holy name itself, we can understand the extraordinary yadrichaya, good fortune that we have had in coming in, con in contact with this conception of the supreme absolute truth. It's there's nothing that you can do to, to attain this conception that is presented in Gaudiya Vaishnavism of your own accord. It is coming by the extreme mercy, um, which is descending from the transcendental realm through the agency of the sadhus. And specifically now in this most fallen age of man, the, the most intimate of that understanding, the most in, intimate, intricate nature of that supreme personality, Bhagavan Sri Krishna, uh, is made available uh, through the dispensation of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So the theory and praxis, praxis that's being spoken of here and the path that we are on as Gaudiya Vaishnavs, um, it, it's, it's why we hear of those devotees as they advance in the stage of, of Ruchi, where they developed such a, a deep taste for the practice. And that Ruchi maturing into a Sakti where the deep appreciation of what the object of the practice is and a relationship with that object, um, Sri Krishna, uh, and the way that develops, why devotees advancing to that stage, they can do nothing but just, when they just chant the holy name, they break down. How could this good fortune come upon me? There's, there's nothing, there's nothing that can be done to attain this kind of a theory and this kind of a praxis, uh, except the 
dispensation of 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 Sri Chaitanya coming into uh, coming into the world and somehow or other somehow or other by some good fortune which is out, outside of of whatever we could do to attain it uh, is coming to us so uh, as we as we fully grasp the depth and understanding and and begin to appreciate the nature of that um, all we can do is weep in joy uh, as to uh, what we're receiving. So, a little bit more from the commentary on this first Anacheda, Krishna reveals in Bhagavad Gita, I reveal myself to all who surrender unto me exactly in accordance with the essential nature of their surrender. Yatha, or in accordance with the essential nature in this statement signifies the inner disposition of the devotee, the mode of worship, the devotee's conceptual outlook in regard to Bhagavan's form, and similar factors that contribute to and define the nature of the surrender undertaking. So there are different transcendentalists, and different transcendentalists will see the same supreme absolute as Brahman, as Bhagavan, or as Paramatma, depending on the nature of, of that dispensation which has come to them uh, through the Lord's internal potencies descending to the material realm. This is confirmed by Sri Brahma in his prayer, the same idea. O oh, Master, you take your seat in the lotus heart that has been made worthy of you through love praying. Even so, the way to reach you can be understood through hearing. Out of kindness toward your devotees, O oh, greatly glorified Lord, you take the very form they meditate on and appear to them in that way. So, in the stage of sadhana bhakti, we are beginning, we are hearing uh, from the guru, from the sadhus, from the, from the entirety of the parampara, which is molding our conception of the supreme absolute reality. We as Gaudias, we have a window of opportunity coming to us. And other transcendentalists have their windows of opportunity. So as they surrender, as they develop their conceptual orientation of that supreme reality, uh, that window becomes more and more open and available. Uh, through their sadhana and their association. And this point um, being made here is, is extremely significant because um, someone could come away with a misunderstanding. Well, I can think of God in whatever way I want, and I, that as, as I conceive God, that's the way I'll, I'll experience God. But no, as explained here, of course, this last statement does not mean that one can meditate on any form and that Bhagavan is thereby bound to appear to the meditator in that way. This idea is precluded by the phrase, sutexita patha, the way to reach you can be understood through hearing. One has to hear from a qualified source and should meditate on the forms that are described in these authorized texts. So in other words, yes, the Lord does make himself available through the dispensation. And that's where we began today in our discussion that this, this descent uh, 
and this doing the best um, that can be done for the benefit of humanity as exemplified by Srinivasadeva and his discontent, as exemplified by Sukadev Goswami showing up at the most opportune time uh, for the benefit of Maharaj Pariksit, by the example in our own lives of, of our coming into contact uh, with uh, the sadhus, with the bona fide spiritual master, and how our own lives have been opened up to transcendence by this transcendent transcendent via media. Um, but they provide us with the path, patha, sutexita patha, the uh, authorized path available, which is descending from the transcendental realm. Not that we, from our from our perspective, from our material uh, mind-body complex, can come up with any concocted idea regarding transcendence and pursue that and expect that to be um, attainable. Uh, no, that's not an attainment. That's what we would commonly refer to as a hallucination. <laughs> or a, uh, uh, so many words could be used there, but uh, no, the, the, this is the descending process and, and we are being introduced to a conception of the supreme absolute truth, whether that conception comes through the opportunities afforded us as Brahman, as Paramatma, or as Bhagavan, all these conceptions are coming down through authorized channels of transcendent dispensation of the Lord's internal Swarup Shakti. This is also again fortified in Bhagavad Gita. The yogi who meditates on Paramatma God is the imminent absolute, is superior to the aesthetic. He is regarded as superior even to the jnanis, the adherents of Brahman, and also to those who follow scriptures with material motive. Therefore, Arjuna, be a yogi. And of all yogis, he who, endowed with faith, worships me with his heart, mind, attention fully absorbed in me is, in my opinion, the greatest of all transcendentalists. This is Krishna's conclusion. This is the meditation that if you can meditate on Paramatma, that's a great yogi. And then he goes on to tell Arjuna, but of all yogis, if you can actually meditate on me, as you're seeing me here before you, Krishna, Supreme Personality of Godhead, that, in my opinion, is the topmost. That is one who can do that. That, that, that aspiration wakes one the greatest transcendentalist. So this discussion on the next Anucheta, um, the distinction between Brahman and Bhagavan, uh, I am going to go into some detail there, and then also uh, in the next, then after that, a complete discussion on the manifestation of Brahman. And uh, that's something to look forward to in our next class because we're going to look at the entirety of the Anucheda. And it's, it'll be the first time I've, I've presented an entire Anucheda, uh, of course, excluding the Mangala Charna verses, which were very short. And it'll, it'll give us real insight into how Srila Jiva Goswami 
unpacks and makes available uh, uh, his perspective on um, on on the Bhagavad. In other words, we're going to see in that discussion next week when we come to that manifestation of Brahman, which basically the seventh Anacheta is, as I said, itself the Brahman Sandarbha. So we'll see in that discussion and looking in detail at that entire Anacheta um, how the glory of how Jiva Goswami pulls these insights from various, the various verses of the Bhagavat Purana. And it's, uh, it's quite illuminating to look at one Anucheta in detail like that. And I encourage you all to do so. <laughs> so I'll wrap up uh, today's discussion uh, there. Uh, if you have any questions, we can address them. Otherwise, as always, I will sincerely thank you for your attention and association and hope that this has nourished your understanding in some way. Don't see any microphones going off. There, I see one. Yes. Uh, can I ask... Uh... Why the Bhagavad, Bhagavad Sandarbha is presented before Paramatma if it's higher realization? Uh, because it appears that what Jiva Goswami is doing here is he's, he's, as I said, he's not presenting any Sandarbha on Brahman, but he's presenting the Bhagavad you know, Sandarbha or the Bhagavad Sandarbha before the Paramatma, because he's presenting the whole picture. What is, what is the nature of this, the, this personal, there's the personal and then there's the impersonal understanding of the supreme absolute truth. So, so the complete manifestation is, of course, Bhagavan. And then specifically, how does that complete manifestation uh, reside in the material realm and deal there? That's the Paramatma Sandarbha. And how does he res reside in his own nature, in his own realm, the Krishna Sandarbha? So first, Jiva is explaining the Supreme Lord in a, generally as Bhagavan, that supreme personality with all wealth, strength, fame, beauty, knowledge, renunciation, in all of his different manifestations. These are all, these are his characteristics as that supreme entity. Then he, then Jiva Goswami goes on with his Sambandagyan to us by explaining, now that supreme entity interacts with his external potency, and that is he does that through the agency of, the agency of his Paramatma manifestation, and he interacts with his internal potency. And that is most completely understand, understood as Krishna, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam of all these different manifestations. Krishna is the, the source of all of them. So in his in, internal manifestation, how, how, is he, how is he dealing there? So first, what is the nature of the Supreme Lord? That's our Bhagavat Sandarbha. That's the first presentation in the Sandarbhas. Then how does he interact with the material realm, Paramatma, and how does he interact on the spiritual plane in his transcendental abode and abodes? And that is the the Krishnasandarbha. So that's, that's kind of the nature of his approach. First, 
generally what is the supreme lord then how does the lord lord interact with his various potencies in this first bhagavat sandarbha if as you see if we look at the quickly through the table of contents uh, this is these are just general general understanding of bhagavan and his various energies and and his nature he has mutually conflicting potencies you know so on and on in this first sandarbha so much detailed knowledge regarding the nature of the lord and his shaktis and then the specific specificity of those shaktis and and how he in this manifestation of paramatma deals with them and then the specificity of how as bhagavan shri krishna he deals in the transcendental realm does that help at all yes sure thank you very much you are welcome so I thank you so much again. Vajakopadubhischa, Kripasindavevacha, Petita Nam, Pamanavyo, Vaishnavidya Namona Maha. Dulal Chandra Prabhu ki jai. Jai. Viradhirajana priyau priyakarau nirmasarau pujitau Sri Chaitanya Kripa